to episode 10 of the Cop Talk Podcast. I'm actually kind of amazed we've made it 10 episodes. Uh, welcome again, Mark and Jim, authors of the book Cop Talk. The book I'm actually currently flipping through as we speak. How are you guys doing tonight? Is that the one with 280 pages? With everything from A to Z on how to keep from that, being that's victimized the one. in life? The one subtitled, uh, uh, you don't know, that's what, Yes. What's the website book. to find uh, out about that book? You know what's fun? you know the funny part about that, Mark, is it's not actually it's not actually in this book because <sighs> we changed it. So the the new website is coptalk.info, where you can find pretty much every one of these articles posted in there. Wow, there is a lot of stuff in this book. Let me tell you. So how's it going, Brent? How's it going, Jim? Good, Mark. Thank you for asking. <laughs> that wasn't just because uh, <laughs> just because Jim can't speak does not mean you should pick on him. It was a small town, and the what are, we, well, 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 what are you talking about? As he was checking it as he was checking a used car lot. He came up on two little old ladies sitting in a used car. He stopped and asked them why they were sitting there in the car. Were you trying to steal it? Heavens no, we bought it. So the officer said, why don't you drive away then? And the women said, we can't drive. And the officer said, why did you buy it then? The women said, we were told that if we bought a used car here, we'd get screwed. So we're just waiting. <laughs> was that a joke? A humor in there? Oh, no, I, that was an actual story. I think it, it actually, I think it actually I happened. think I might have had that call. About the, now, here, here's the good one. We talked about excuses mm. to get out of a ticket. A police officer attempts to stop a car for speed, and the guy gradually increases his speed until he's topping 100 miles an hour. He eventually realizes he can't escape and finally pulls over. Cop approaches the car and says, look, it's been a long day. My tour is almost over, so if you can give me a good excuse for your behavior, I'll let you go. And the guy thinks for a few seconds and says, well, my wife ran away with a cop about a week ago. I thought you might be that oh. officer trying to give her back. God, I wish I had, like, that drum roll with, you know, the hi-hat thing. Yeah, that one. Like, did it? <laughs> did it? Maybe we should stick to our day jobs, as they yeah. say. So, uh, the air horn. That's why I'm not. Hey, yeah, I put the I put the air horn away because I have a feeling I will overuse it. <laughs> so, so since we, Mark, do you have any like real topics to talk about? Then we can dive into this, or no? I do actually. Somebody asked me. <clears throat> <laughs> or as Jim put, no, I won't do that. Um, somebody How to park your boat on a boat dock? Yeah, we've heard about, that. Oh, no. Yeah, I, we got some good stories on that. <laughs> what so, they ask you, Mark? <laughs> they ask me, Jim, if they give a false name to a police officer, what would happen? And I thought that would be a good topic to cover. Because uh, in the California, at least, California Vehicle Code 31 says no person shall give either orally or in writing, information to a peace officer while in the performance of his duties under the provisions of this code when such person knows that the information is false. And that usually happens if CVC 31 is on a traffic stop. And we run into that a lot where somebody thinks that they have a warrant, um, they, give a, they give a fake name, they make up a name, and usually they get caught because you trip them up with their date of birth and you ask them a few questions different things and you catch them in some lies but we run into that a lot on uh, traffic stops where someone's trying to get out of a ticket they give a fake name whatnot it is a misdemeanor it, 
is a arrestable offense. And there was a related to this. There was another question I found on the internet. And some lady wrote in saying, can anyone tell me if giving a police officer a false name and getting caught, is it a felony or a misdemeanor? She wrote in, I'm in California and my fiance got in trouble for stealing frozen foods and beer, but altogether less than $30. But he was absconding parole for four weeks and also has prior convictions. That is why he gave a fake name. Not that it was okay, but had he given his real name, they'd have taken him in anyhow. My fiance has been in prison most of his life. Hmm, there's some signs there. And I'm just trying to get some advice on how long he might approximately be getting. His charges are as follows. 529.3, false personation, 3056, parole hold, and uh, trying to do a three strikes on him <clears throat> with penal code 666. Hey, here's some advice. You can make get him a new BFF, but don't make him your friggin' fiance, you loser. <laughs> what are you thinking? God! I, I, I think there's some key advice in there, like my fiance. Here's a key sentence out of this whole thing. My fiance has been in prison most of his life. That that's a that's I think a that has sense, to do with true love. Think, I think you guys are putting this person down. <laughs> well, I, I, I met him when I saw him on the Jerry Springer show for the oh, most no, famous Jim, murders Jim. in that, society and I just I totally fell in love with him and now I, we just I, I, I do just, believe it is no I met him I, while I was visiting my other ex husband. That's yes. right. Hey I what right. was I thinking? You know, you got to give the guy credit. Hey, they were going to take him away anyway, so That's why not theory. lie to the cops, right? Yeah. Anyway, penal code in California, 529 states, every person who falsely personates another in either his private or official capacity and in such assumed character and either becomes bail or surety for any party in any proceeding whatsoever before any court or officer, blah, 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 blah. Verifies, publishes, acknowledges, or proves in the name of another person any written instrument with the intent that the same be recorded. Yeah, the penal code gives weird, has weird language. Yeah, it's called English. The most important one is given a false name, if in any event that person becomes liable to any suit or prosecution or to pay any sum of money. You know, and if <laughs> someone gives a name like, hey, if. Did if, you say prostitution? No, Jim. We're not talking about. That? We're not talking about Brittany. That was two shows ago. I said prosecution. <laughs> two yeah, two, two like shows ago. That's longer than most there of Jim's relationship. Yeah, no, no problem, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. <laughs> anyway, if, if someone gives a name, hey, my name is Mickey Mouse. You know, hey, it's one thing. But if you give a name of a real person, and a lot of people give the name of a sister, or brother, or whatever, because they know their personal information, they know their derp. Uh, their birthday, sometimes even know their social security number. If you give that information to a police officer and you sign a ticket under that name or you're booked under that name, um, that other person is actually liable for charges could be brought up against them and fines. And in that case, that's a felony. Giving a false name of a real person okay, so is a is a felony. Hey, I'll tell you a real felony. I was reading Porak today, and uh, one of the guys that writes articles there, one of the officers, his last name is Titman. That's That ought to be a felony to have your parents. All right, go ahead. I sent you guys a message, yeah, too, that's... from a listener we have. Just wondering when there's going to be an ass. There, I'm sure know. there is. Oh, jeez. Hey, you... You got to hear the the civil standby I went to the other day. I get a call that some guy wanted to pick up a big screen TV and his belongings from his girlfriend's house. 
and we got to talking, and he goes, yeah, she's really pissed off. She's mad. And I said, how long were you guys well, together? She's he goes, taking oh, about the television. I bet she I said, what? She, I said, she, did she throw you out? He goes, officer, here's what happened. He goes, uh, she found a pair of panties that weren't hers in the bathroom. I said, yeah, well, that'll do it. And he goes, but you got, he goes, I swear to God, officer, my brother came over to my house and my brother collects <laughs> girls' panties and he had some on them and one of them must have dropped mm. in the bathroom. And I told the guy, I said, you know what, even if that's a true story, I think I'd, I'd make up something else then because that sounds like the biggest crock that I've ever heard. Now, when he said that, his brother had true, one on him, how, how I, could, true I could imagine that he day, had them on. <laughs> I don't think he they would have had one on him. I don't think it would have fallen off in the bathroom, Jim. He, he said his brother had panties in his pockets. Now, now oh, in his pockets. You this. said he had one on. He probably he did. had them in his pockets. Why right. would his brother come over to his house with a pocket full of panties? You, I, I can't believe you asked these questions. <laughs> this is the true story. This I'm is the sure true call is. I went to. Yeah, so I, I told him he should have made up something else, and he probably. I think have been she's just mad. He's the house. Hey, could you see being in the academy with forty guys, and the the DI says, "Titman, step forward," and like thirty nine <laughs> guys all step forward because uh, they're all Titman. Cool. Get it? Oh, Jim, that was worse than the two jokes that I told. That they, they were. I got to say, they were worse. Uh, no, we should take. No, what's going to be worse is that. when Jim brings it up twelve more times during the show. So. I just can't oh, get over that you, name. I'll Sorry. send you something later. You want to talk about a crummy name. This lady has a crummy name. So, How about the guy in the paper the other day I read where he tried to uh, trade his daughter for beer? <laughs> what kind of beer? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I needed some more information because, I mean, you know, hey, if it's a Friday night and you're out of beer and the only thing you got in your house is your daughter, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, kind especially speaking that as a one, dad, that's nice. I think, it, I think it depends on the beer. Brent, he's getting the size in. I'm just Brent sitting here trying to find a topic a that people sign. would actually care about us talking about. Oh, sorry. I missed I it. I just covered one. Oh. Damn it. Yeah, you must have missed okay, it. Okay, so, um, hmm. well, let's think of uh, a new interesting way to get topics for the show. So... I've got our book. Anything else, Mark, before I move us along? No, oh. I can't take the criticism anymore. I'm sorry. So, so many years in law enforcement, you're so such a wuss now. Okay, so it's cool. Um, yeah, I'm sensitive. That, that. Oh, wuss. He's a wussman. Uh, Jim. Jim, how many coffees today? That's well, awesome. seven, and I'm just starting eight. Any side effects from that? <laughs> None that I can think All of. All right, so let's just, let me just randomly go through here. Oh, hey, right, here's an interesting topic, if you want to talk about it. Uh, how about... What would that be, Brent? How about response times and help us help you faster? That was an article I wrote in the book, which I think it's is on a page very good topic to cover. So let's, let's do that. Yeah. So, feel free to feel free to. There's nothing more. There's nothing. <laughs> I was feeling free. I'm sorry. What? Interrupted me there. 
nothing worse than going through life with the last name <laughs> Titman. Uh, I got to send you this article, Jim. You will. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. There's nothing worse than responding to a call and not being Sounds able like to find a house. you got it down, Jim. Now go ahead. There, there's nothing worse than getting dispatched to a call, a critical call of a person down, non-breathing, um, medical emergency, a kid in distress or something, pulling up on a dark street and seeing a bunch of houses with no numbers on it, no addresses. And you're trying to figure out the sequence of the houses. Some of them are like every two, every four, every five, and some are irregular. But there's nothing worse than getting there when time is of the essence and you can't find the house. There's a bunch of houses with no uh, addresses on it. You knock on the door, you find out it's not that house. I mean, you got to think, if, if somebody broke into your house and you're in a back bedroom on a cell phone calling for help, scared to death, and the officers can't find your house because there's so many houses on the street without numbers, um, it's scary sometimes. And the numbers are, are cheap. You go to the hardware store, you could get a, buy plastic numbers or you can get more fancier numbers. Put the numbers on your house in a visible place. They don't do any good under a bush. You know, brown numbers on a brown house don't do any good. Get contrasting numbers. Make sure the numbers are visible from the street. Um, or you could pay. A lot of times homeless people uh, go through neighborhoods wanting to paint numbers on the curb in front of your house for five bucks or something. Have them do that. But do something to where when we get dispatched to a call at your house, we find it immediately. We're not walking down the street, knocking on the wrong doors, trying, trying to find the house, especially when time is of the es essence. Okay, so I guess, I mean, real life, I've done this. I know we've, well, I guess part of it's the fact that these house numbers usually suck and are never in order. But how about lighting? I mean... Oh, yeah, porch lights on with the numbers right there. Um, you know, dark houses tend to attract criminals too if the whole front is dark they could easily go up to the door and knock on the door or kick the door in without being seen um lighting is a great thing too to have your porch lights on and have the numbers visible right there and you know the police could find your house a lot faster hmm. jim um critters don't like light and uh if you have your house properly lit up you're probably going to save yourself a whole lot of grief. And uh, I'm not a real cop anymore. <laughs> I work the boats on the river. But we have this discussion at our monthly uh, uh, municipal meetings with the public. You know, we respond to a call on the water at somebody's dock. And although their house may be numbered and they may have numbers from the house, um, there's not too many docks in this county that have numbers on the piling that say, hey, yeah, this is... Uh, 2347 Taylor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the more visible that you have the numbers on the front of your house, especially for an emergency, um, and no one thinks about it because they don't have that many emergencies in life, but you got to plan on that one. And if you're inside doing uh, CPR on a family member and that response from EMS is critical and they're out front on a dark street uh, not being able to find your house, I mean, that's going to have dire consequences but if your house is lit up you've got front and rear porch lights on uh you've got visible numbers not only on your house but on the curb you're going to get a lot 
lot more rapid response, and that makes uh, a difference in whether it's a positive or a negative outcome. You know, and it, <clears throat> that goes for rural areas also. Make sure it's clearly marked on some kind of a post out in front of your driveway. In the rural areas where there's nothing but dirt or gravel driveways, I mean, you know, an officer gets dispatched to, you know, Route 2, Box 20, whatever, whatever. A lot of times they don't know where that is and, and trying to find it out in a rural area. And I know Jim used to work in an area like that. Some of that could be really hard to find. So especially uh, they're not lit. It's dark. And, you know, it could take 15 minutes trying to find a house. And if someone, like Jim said, if someone's doing CPR on a, on a child or, you know, a burglar's breaking into the house, that 15 minutes is a long, long time. So especially in an area where it's hard to find, put something out there with your address where it could be easily seen. Even, uh, you know, the stick-on, peel-off numbers on your mailbox, just something where the officer, you know, could light it just up. Just reflective stuff, good it. or bad. Because it catches your attention yeah. usually, right, when you're looking for numbers. Well, even, you know, if you're using a spotlight to try and find curb numbers, I mean, anything that reflects, even if it's on the outer perimeter, any any little bit of light at all is going to make that just really stand out. So it makes yeah, it a, a lot easier. There's an interesting us. point in here on this article. The So it says, you know, the intruder hears the knocking next door, looks out a window, and sees an officer next door. The intruder sneaks out the back door and escapes even before the officer found the house. Or worse, the officer may contact the guy as you're leaving, or as he's leaving, from the incorrect house, unaware of the break-in at your house, and the officer basically is risking getting shot or into some kind of major confrontation with this guy, or is just wasting time talking to the neighbors versus getting to the house that they're supposed to be at. So, you know, I guess... I mean, if the officers know what house they're going to, and if they get a call of uh, burglary in progress, robbery in progress, if they know exactly which house it is as they come in, they're going to get on the radio with their the other officers, and they're going to say, hey, look, it's the fourth house on the right. I need two people to the rear on the east side. I need two people here. And they're going to set up a perimeter and and get anybody leaving the house. I mean, they're going to be right there. And if they're if they're down the street, a couple of houses down and – you know, going to the wrong house, and like the article says, the crook looks outside, hears cars, looks outside, and sees police cars stopping two or three doors down. He's going to get a chance to escape before the officers even find out which house is the right house. But then again, do you guys have mapping in your cars that show the address and the map of the home? You don't. Hmm. Yeah. Bummer. So. Nope. We get the address sent to us on our... Uh, so there are many and, departments and now it. that do have active, you know mapping either tapping into something like google maps or whatever that can actually do multiple things including show an overlay of the house uh show aerial views of the home and that obviously would be a huge help in some you know setting up a perimeter would be that much easier so sure but i think you need internet capabilities in the patrol cars yeah. and we don't we don't have many any departments are starting to do that now so we'll, uh Wait for it. Yeah. I remember the old days when I first started, you had a pad of paper and a pen, and you had a little metal clipboard in the middle so of the car, drew, and you wrote down everything. There was no screens. There was nothing. So you drew you. your it's maps, is what you're telling me? You know. <laughs> so you bring crayons. Yeah, pretty That's much. Cool. Pretty much. 
if, yeah, if you had a lousy memory, you're constantly asking dispatch, what was the description again? What color shirt? What? And so the young guys, it's really funny now seeing the young guys when the MDC screens go out and they're unable to use that. They're going, oh, man, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I think back to when we didn't even have any of that. So it'll be interesting to see what technology is going to do in the next 10, 15 years with police uh, work. I don't know. I miss So you could draw place. maps too? Turn left at the fourth gravel driveway, turn left at the stuffed bear, turn right at the red barn, and uh, go down a quarter mile, and you should see the house on the left. <laughs> see Mr. Titman, who's waiting on the front porch. Yeah, yeah right at the, the big Tittman tree. <laughs> so it was a large stuffed bear with enhanced... Uh, what do, they call, what do they call them on a bear? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, show anyway. editing. I love it. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, Jim's stuck on a mindset. With you know, show, that's what happens it? when you don't start at the right time. So is there, if there's no address on the house. Actually, we can go into PC314 after this topic to, to satisfy Jim's. I don't think we should satisfy Jim's that. anything. So. If there's. And then we can go into what Mark is, a 290 registrant. But anyway, go ahead. Wow, that's cop yeah, humor. That's, that's funny stuff right there. So if there's no address on your house, put it on. So the question is, is a lot of people Please. rent and a lot of people Please. don't want to spend the money to do that. So basically they're risking their own safety by not spending five bucks at their local hardware store. You can go spend $2 and just get little peel-off stickers. I mean, I don't care if you got to take a magic marker and go out and draw it on the front of your mailbox or on the wall. Get something up there, the address, to where the officer so is going to find it. Cut back, cut back the, the trees, line. cut back the bushes, which would help anyway, and having basically guys hiding around your property anyway. Yeah, get the 72 Monte Carlo that's on tire blocks. Hey, dude, off that's mine. Line. That's waiting for twenty. That's waiting for twenty twos. Sorry. <laughs> so, Sorry. I mean, most of this stuff is obviously pretty. I mean, uh, oh, that's the word. Common but sense. There's a huge lack of that in today's society. So I guess we'll go over it anyway. So don't put this. Don't put the numbers in a spot that's hard to see, like on your roof, or a tree, or a place where people wouldn't normally look for it. Where's the where? Ninety uh, percent of the time, where's the first place that you guys look for numbers? Curb. I look on the curb. <clears throat> Mark. Curb or a mailbox. If there's a front pillar um, by the front door, so a lot like of people porch. put them right on the front pillar or oh. right underneath the porch light pillar. next to the door. Yes. Pillar. Did you move to a gated community, Mark? Because I don't have a pillar at my place. We're gonna put one in for you. <laughs> you though. have a pillar. Uh, so porch light. Uh, should be clearly visible both day and nighttime. Good spot on a wall, door trim, window trim, something that faces the street. Don't put them in your backyard. We can't see them. There you go. There's your common sense tip of the day. You know, and that's facing the street. That's an important thing because I can't tell you how many apartment complexes in my city that you go to and they put the numbers. You know, most of the doors, you go up the stairs to the apartment and the doors either go to the left or the right and they put the numbers on that wall. So you can't see it from the uh, the front of the apartment complex. You have to actually start walking up the stairs to see the numbers. Whereas if they put them on the opposite wall facing out toward the parking lot, it'd make it a lot easier. So that's a big thing. Make sure they face the street so they could be that's seen by officers pulling up. That's another cool thing about having a reserve ride with you because you can pull up to the stairwell 
and just look over <laughs> at Brent and go, go look. <laughs> then he's got a shag all the way to the top of the stairs. Then come down and go, no, that's not it. <laughs> and then did you did you do the same thing with Brent where he starts to pull away with the door open and when he went to get in, you slammed on the brakes? I never did that with him. Yeah, no. Just me. Okay. No, I, I, yeah, you know what? I'm not even going to give you an answer on that. So the other one is uh, lit. I guess uh, well, a lot of builders are putting in the lit boxes, the ones that actually light up with the numbers on the outside. And I guess a lot of people let those burn out, and then they never replace the bulbs. So yet one more thing for people to check and make sure that it's working. Um, don't make very simple. The bulbs are cheap. You put new bulbs in, and they should last you another year or two. And uh, those things are great, though, because, I mean, you, you go down the street, and when most of them are on, I mean, it, the address is right there. It's, it's a white box with black numbers, and when it's lit up at night, right. and nowadays, you know exactly where Nowadays, they make LED, awesome. LED replacements for a lot of those bulbs, and those will last 100,000 hours, and you never have to change it again. Um, let's see. Yep. I think pretty much that covers that up. You know, I, I think. Hey, since since we're since we're on that topic, why don't we just uh, talk about a couple other things? Because in another week or so, there's going to be uh, summer vacation for a lot of students and uh, graduations and parties and kids out at night that weren't normally out at night. And uh, you know, the bottom line comes back to security. The, uh, if you look at 40 houses on a city block, all the ones that have lights on, which are very few, are going to be the ones normally that aren't bothered at all, either by crooks or vandalism or anything else. So, you know, the motion lights are great, but I think use those enhance to enhance your regular uh, lighting. But when you stop to look at how much a light bulb costs uh, to have on every night, you know, the, the security far outweighs the cost of the bulb. What, and, three cents an hour or something like that? Yeah. A front yard and a rear yard that is illuminated or the side of the house, we have so many thefts in the middle of the night where someone enters a garage. They go right through the side gate and, uh, and through the open, unlocked side garage door because it's not lit up. And that's even for a house that's lit up in the front and rear, you know, you got that dark side uh, side walkway uh, going through a gate, and that's where we get half people will crawl through uh, dog doors to get into a garage. They'll uh, they'll go through your gate and, and then in through the door. So the motion lights are great on the side of a house, but uh, by all means, the front front light and a rear light to your house is going to save you a whole lot of grief, uh, whether it's by a burglar or by a, you know, a kid looking to, uh, so to cause let's some talk about motion lights for a second, because you think it's more important to have, or do you think it's better to have a motion light or standard illumination that's on all the time? Well, my vote is uh, standard okay. illumination on all the time and the motion lights. Okay. So on speaking, the, uh, the speaking as house. a neighbor that used to have somebody with motion lights, those are hands down the most annoying thing on the planet. But are they annoying good and neighbors should put up with that, or are they annoying bad and neighbors should ask before installing them? Well, they're well, adjustable. Brent. If you know, if, if a tree is blowing in the wind and it's setting the thing to go right. on and off, on and off, on and off, and it's pointed toward a neighbor's house, yeah, it's going to be really annoying. But if they're adjusted right, um, they're very good. I mean, like with Jim... I agree. A, a light on all the time is going to keep, most of the time, keep a burglar from even approaching your house. 
But if the house is dark, he's going to, you know, a burglar could approach and the light will come on when it gets close to your house. But do you even want him that close before the light comes on? I, I vote for right. having a light on all night long. You know, you can get the ones dusk to dawn. Uh, you don't even have to mess with a switch. It comes on when it gets dark. Well, and if people are worried about spending a lot of money or doing that, they do make the, um, you know, the ones that are photovoltaic where they actually will charge during the day and run at night. So they don't need to mess with actually right. paying a lot right. of money for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, there's the, the solar-powered ones, all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of options out there. Well, you know, a burglar is a burglar, and a kid uh, doing stupid stuff is a kid doing stupid stuff. But some of the most uh, some of the most people you have to be be very very concerned about are people that just ain't right, kind of like Mark in the head. And uh, we go to so many calls for. Boy, what's that on there, Jim? Well, I was All getting the into stories. That, yeah, okay, well, you, you know came what? Up, you came up with well, a, Jim is a, a panties in the pocket thing, but. While Jim no, is slapping his lips, Toms. I'm going to come up with uh, some of the stuff he did as a kid. And, there's peepee uh, toms that stand out, you know, in windows, especially in dark houses. I used to go uh, to these calls a lot where uh, Brett and I worked <laughs> together, and these guys would walk down Greenbelt areas. Oh, no. Actually, it's yep. not funny, dude. But these guys, th- these guys would walk down Greenbelt areas and look for houses that they can look into that that have dark yards but are lit up inside. And, and they're looking for uh, women, you know, that might be inside the house or in a bedroom or whatever. And I would much rather be inconvenienced by somebody's uh, motion light going off, even if it wasn't my own and it was my next-door neighbor's, if it was going to stop some friggin' pervert well, from standing right outside. Uh, I, I have to say, though, house, people have no idea what that scenario looks like. So when we used to do patrol work, we would roll up and down the golf courses or up and down wherever we were going, which is pitch black, you look into the houses and you can see everything. And I think a lot of people don't even realize how much of a spectacle it is when you look in from pitch black into a a lit home, what kind of detail you can see inside that house. I mean, even with shades drawn, it's kind of scary. So... No, it's like looking. Uh, it's like being in a dark room, looking into yeah, a like, uh, a lit exactly. up aquarium. I mean, you it, see everything is, in the aquarium. It, it's something that people should go. They should turn their lights on in their house, walk out if they're in that type of neighborhood, and take a look back at their house and see what they're looking at because it is, it is kind of creepy. It's why I keep my shades drawn because I know you're out there looking. That's just you though, Jim. Yep. So, oh man, don't Whatever. Don't, don't get like that. So, was there anything else on this topic? You want to do one more, and then we'll call it? Well, it's all kind of tied in together. You know, the the uh, house visibility, the security at night, you know, having a good, well-lit-up house within reason. You know, light up the outside just as much as the inside, and you're going to be a lot better off. Um, make sure that your garage door is closed at night. So many people, you know, we, we touched on that briefly last week, but so many people you know, crash out and don't worry or don't worry about getting up to, uh, to make sure they're a garage door. And I'm talking about the big one facing the street with your cars inside of it. You know, they'll leave them open and then they right. wonder why they got ripped off. And then while they're wondering why they got ripped off, they call us the next day to take a two hour report and fingerprint everything that was in there. And that's two hours. We could be on the street looking for, uh, right. And in the days, in the, in the days of old, when garage doors used to come down and chop off the back end of your car, cause they didn't have those sensors. Now those sensors are so sensitive that tendency is, is people just walk in, hit the button, 
and close the door and they're done and they never check if the door actually closes and really it's already come back up and it's open all night and everything in their garage is gone at the end of the night so definitely something to make sure that you're doing some home inspection there to make sure that your house is actually working properly the doors the sensors the whatever so even the lights inside there for when you're coming in and parking well, that's when well, people gotta... leave too when people leave their house most of those are controlled by little uh, lasers or little yep. um, infrared you usually. know sensors and uh, if they get out of tweak a little bit it'll set the door off i see a lot of people they back their car out of the driveway. They hit the button and off. They go down the street. They leave. They don't realize their their door gets three quarters of the way down, malfunctions, and goes back up. And all of a sudden, the the door is open all day long. People could just go in, grab what they want, and a lot of people don't lock the door that goes into the house. And so it's anybody could just walk in, go right into the house, and you know clean it out. So what I suggest to people is when you back out of your garage and hit the button, wait till the door goes down, wait till it shuts, you know, wait a second or two to make sure it's not going up and then leave. That that five seconds could save you a lot of grief. Fifteen seconds. Have you timed it? That's good. Uh, See, there's real information on the Cop Talk podcast right there. Fifteen seconds. I meant the five seconds after it shuts and you make sure it doesn't go up again. But we'll, we'll go by Jim. Maybe he just wants to make right. sure. 15 so, seconds. Jim, you don't even have a garage door. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I counted to myself. So, so let's dive into one thing that has to do with garage doors, which is something that I've heard of a problem, not really in my neighborhood, but just in general, is universal garage door openers. So there's been a... I know that I've seen a couple of these, but these universal garage door openers that you buy at your local store, these things basically have the ability to scan through multiple, basically multiple signals or multiple codes on these garage doors. So you can literally drive down the street and open people's garage doors. So this problem becomes an obvious problem is when you don't. So they have coded garage doors, they have non-coded ones, they have ones that are old, that can open with anything, and everybody on the block has the same number. And I guess the question is, is I don't even know if there's a way to protect yourself from that type of theft. Well, a lot of, you know, they have a lot of newer ones now with more protective stuff built into it, but most of the garage door openers are programmable. And so, it, I mean, it is feasible. It's not real common. But it is possible for someone to, you know, they've stolen remotes or bought them at the store and just they change the codes and go up and down streets and pushing the button. And, you know, eventually something's going to so, match up. And so I guess the, the answer is, is when you get into a new home or, or if you've just bought your home and somebody's lived there before, take the time to recode these things. Just like taking the time to change your locks to make sure that the past homeowner doesn't end up coming back and walking into your home. Oh, absolutely. It, it's not hard to change the codes, and I, I would definitely do that just to make sure that uh, they didn't have another remote. Right, and there's that, definitely, the I, I know that there's, I think, Craftsman and a couple other ones have code jumping and different types of technology out there, but, you know, the things aren't cheap either, so to have to shell out for an entire new garage door opener mechanism, you know, you could be up five, six, seven hundred thousand bucks pretty easy, so it's it's free. Yeah, I mean, most of them, they're pretty easy. You open them up and right. you just click a couple of little dials and you could change a code. And especially with all the foreclosures and, you know, the people that were forced out of their houses that are a little pissed off and, 
you know, you never know if they may want to try to come well, that's, back. So I mean, it, technically, it if you come back, that's a whole on. other house full of furniture that you can steal that isn't yours. <laughs> and all new appliances. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. the other, uh, taking that a step further, um, so many people think because their garage door is locked that they don't need to lock the, uh, the door going from the garage into the house. And that's an easy end for most of burglary, the residential right. burglaries that I've taken. Um, there, and if they know you're not home, they're either going to kick it or, or, uh, or force it open, or they're just going to turn the knob and walk in. But one thing that'll prevent all that, whether your garage door goes up or not is having an but alarm about- system on your house. Yeah, there's another way to prevent that too. I went to an alarm the other day. It was and and like Jim said, it was a side garage door it was left unlocked. I go in and like one of the many other houses, I slowly try the one that goes into the house and it was unlocked. So I told my partner, I said we got to clear the house and uh, I opened the door. I took about four steps in and then two very very <laughs> large mastiffs came charging at me. And so I slammed the door and house I said, we're clear. not going to clear this house. So that, that's a good deterrent. <laughs> that's a good deterrent, too. I'm just glad they were right there instead of me getting, you know, halfway around the corner uh, before they came out. I can just, me. I can picture this. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brent, do you have a sound yeah, effect for snarling dog? Yeah, no, it's the only one I don't have. So right. let's, so just keeping it in the garage for a minute. I know I've seen cars stolen out of garages, usually because the keys are in them. So, yeah, people leave the keys in their and cars. I guess the question safe. comes down to this: What is a pro and or a con to leaving it in there or not, or locking the car completely and then taking the keys into the house? Obviously, locking the car, bringing the keys in with you to the house behind a locked interior garage door is the way to go, but. Obviously, people don't do this. So, I mean, not everybody's going to lock their car in the garage. And I got to admit, I don't even lock What's your address? my car in the garage. But yeah, but you don't leave something of value in the car. I mean, I wouldn't leave a laptop or a purse in an unlocked car in the garage. But if the car doesn't have anything of value in it, um, I don't see the point in even locking it in the garage. But you'd never leave the keys in it. You always put the keys away inside the inside right, or the house keep them somewhere. with you, or take them wherever. Hmm. Okay. Right. Well, and then I guess the the last step in this is uh, to bring it back out to the curb, which is mailboxes. So, mailbox theft. At not stealing the entire mailbox per se, but stealing the mail out of the mailbox is something that I've had happen on our own street. I walked out one day. Every mailbox is wide open on the entire street, and everybody's mail's gone. So, yeah, that's, Brent, that's that's called mail theft, not mailbox. Is is there a difference? There is a difference. How long does it take? Fifteen seconds. Now. It's 15 seconds, and if you went out there and you saw 15 stumps with no boxes on the stumps, then it would be classified as mailbox theft. Yes, Brent, that it, could be a 47 if you had an LED-powered mailbox that was over $400. Okay, so, um, smart-ass, too? Yes, ma- mail theft is so very what are they, common. why? You know, where, uh, oh, people looking for checks, um... Any kind of a lot of people still use checks. They write out checks to a company. Uh, the thieves get a hold of the checks. They do a little whitewash on it. And make the so checks wait, out. So wait, you're telling me that the, the crook can 
somehow get my signature off of a check that I've just written? No, not your signature. They will, the payee, they'll whitewash it out. And I'm not going to tell how to do it now, but it's all over the internet. That's why there's a certain pen that you could get. If you write out checks, you use a certain pen and the ink cannot be acid washed off or anything. But crooks are taking checks. They're wa- they're washing it off the payee, and they're writing their own name in there and okay, so, going and cashing it. So I'm being it's kind of a devil's advocate here because I've actually seen this done. So the the issue, well, there, there's another the one which is ballpoint pens and ballpoint pens. You can actually float the signature off of the check and then reapply it to another piece of paper. So. The uh, the rule that we were told, is, and the one pen that they said works great, is a Sharpie. And that will not... Is a Sharpie, you know, one of the permanent markers? Well, there's a... Un, I think it's called Uniball. With the permanent um, ink or whatever it is? If you get, yeah, it's permanent ink. It cannot be taken off. And it's like just a regular ballpoint pen, but the type of ink, it can't be washed out. And like I said, if... YouTube and everywhere, we're not telling anybody anything new here, but you go to YouTube and it sh- it, there's demonstrations showing yeah, how to wash the checks and how the crooks are doing it. It's, it's amazing. Well, there's dem- there's demonstrations of everything yeah, on YouTube, well, sadly. Yeah, like I said, we're not telling anybody anything new. They, the crooks already know how to do it, and it's all over the Internet. But, uh, yeah, you can take <laughs> precautions. You, use, the, uh, use a pen like the Uniball or something that, or, that can't be washed. But getting back to the mailboxes, that's why they're doing it. They're looking for checks or any kind of money, birthday cards with uh, okay, money so, into it so for wait. kids. Um, the mailman just got arrested for that. You believe yeah, that? Yeah, and if you, if you just tuned in, Mark's going to be giving uh, basic 101 instruction on how to forge checks out of mailboxes. You can tune in next week at 6.30. For bump locks. You know, if, if we have time on this show, we could explain how an unlicensed driver on an unregistered motocross um motorcycle going up a hill trying to do a wheelie and comes down a flat tire oh, the results ouch. of that like when people get you know just because into jim, the concrete just because jim, jim says stuff you don't like you jim, don't need to drag them down like that it's just mean because it, it only goes one direction jim so so the the bigger issue is, is there's another solution to this one is you could do all your billing online which is one issue but the other side of that is, yeah. is so what you're telling well, yes. If you're careful, then you got to worry. And about And that's a uh, whole show, identity. and we're going to do that soon. As soon as I can keep you guys both awake through the whole thing. So, the the other question on this though is is so I do my bills near the end of the month. I take them out and I go, okay, cool. I'm done with my bills. I'm going to go throw them in my mailbox. I'm going to put the little red flag up on my mailbox, and the mail guy will know to grab my mail out of there in the morning. No, so nothing against Ace. Nothing against Ace Hardware and their twenty nine ninety five dollar mailbox. But if you're not using a secure locked mailbox to where you put it in the little slot, knowing the only one that can get it open is the postman, then you're a friggin' fool. And it's just a matter of time before you get ripped <laughs> off. But and the thing is, if you're just sending you know little letters to people and and whatnot, that's one thing. But if you're going to be putting something of value, if you're sending out a check, money, something very important. Don't leave it on a street mailbox. Take it to the post office. Uh, the, the post office still has mailboxes out in front of grocery stores and shopping centers and on street corners. Uh, if you don't want to take the time, the, every post office has them right out front. 
take your important documents or letters so and drop is, them in the secure mailbox. Is uh, mail theft like that? God forbid I say mailbox theft. Is mail theft a federal offense? Yeah, the feds just get out of in out of your personal too. mailbox or out of one of their mailboxes. No, anything tampering with a mail is so a it's fed, serious, uh, like big offense. time crime. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to send, you know, five black Suburbans out to your house and helicopters circling overhead, but they get involved in any kind of mail theft. A lot of times we'll let them know. Uh, we'll give them they're, a call, but those guys, um, are- yeah, it's a federal crime. Hey, speaking of black Suburbans, did you see the last episode no. of uh, 24? Is it over now? I just want to know if it's over finally. Because that was the longest 24 freaking anythings ever. Hey, in, in case you didn't get it, Brent, each show was an hour out of that 24. And how many period. shows were there? I don't believe you. 24. Like 2,400. Just kept going. But. What was what, the <laughs> seventh or eighth season? <laughs> oh, oh, so. Oh, Calm so down, what? Dude, it's like... relax. <laughs> Admit it. Jack Bauer was a badass. Oh, I oh no, Jim, there's Uh-oh, some bad breaking news, news for you. What? Looking on the Comcast website under top videos, Lady Gaga oh. admits drug use. Shocking. Oh. Uh, go go to Comcast.com. No way. That is shocking. The top videos, and it says Lady Gaga admits Yeah, drug yeah, and the contributor was the National Enquirer, and we all know that that's the freaking <laughs> gospel. <laughs> Dude, she said after her fifth time in rehab <laughs> that that was going to be it. So I, I am having trouble believing that. It's just that. wrong. I'm pretty sure we just got sued. And if she was using drugs, it was probably for First, medicinal purposes only. I've heard so that excuse. Give her some love. Yeah, really. Uh, really. <laughs> All right. So, so to some, I'm not- so you describe your Social Security checks getting stolen and forged and credit card uh, statements and everything else. So but, I am, uh, and I'm, I'm just wondering like, if this all leads into yet another topic, which is buy a shredder, because... Well, that, the shredder is cool, but no, it just made me realize I just ordered new checks, and your new checks always come from your bank in this standard, distinctive cardboard box <laughs> that says new checks, and... So many people get them mailed to their house. You know, my bank gives me an option. Hey, you want us to mail these or you want to pick them up? I always pick them up. I don't want to mail to my house. But the dude's cruising down the street checking every mailbox like Mark described. I mean, that's like their job. And some days they have good days. Some days they have bad days. But the day they open that mailbox and they find somebody's brand new order of blank checks, man, that's that's like hitting the lotto for them. Yeah, before you even are aware of it, you're getting calls from all over. I mean, different cities, and it's a nightmare. You got to go to all these different cities and make police reports. I mean, it's just a nightmare. I had a case where that happened. A guy got burglarized <clears throat> his home, and they stole checks and they started cashing checks all over the place. He put a stop on the account and everything, but I mean, it still just keeps going on and on and on. He ordered new checks at the bank, and he told them, Don't mail it to my house, keep it at the bank, and I will come and pick it up. Well, apparently somebody in the bank that was a little on the take got the new account information and started forging those checks even before he got them. So, I mean, someone gets your account number, it's a nightmare. So, like Jim said, don't don't have the checks sent to your house. It's 
someone gets that box and they start giving them out to their friends and start making out checks, it, your account will be drained oh, before you even know what's happening. Dude, they sell them. The, the oh, inmates yeah. in the jail, when I worked in there, they'd brag about ripping off checks, blank checks, and then selling them on a street corner. They'd sell they trade them for, them for They trade them for dope. They barter uh, for different things out there, and it, it gets into many hands. How many times have you stopped a car, Jim, to where there's all kinds of mail in the back seat belonging to all the different people? Yep. Hundreds. And, yeah, and that's what they're doing. They're just going through, grabbing stuff out of mailboxes. and I mean, I know in the old days... Some of the neighborhoods, they had the mail slots on the garage door where the mailman just drops the, the mail into the house. It was safe, but, you know, to make it convenient now to where the mailman could just come up and, like, lean out of their little cars and put it in your mailbox, it makes it uh, less time-consuming for them, but it's a, it's yeah, a that, lot less Actually, that's safe. all federally mandated, all those, uh, those distances from mailbox to curb and all that stuff. Absolutely amazing. So... We can wrap this up because we're coming up to the end of this hour anyway. Um, in closing, I mean, anything particular you guys want to hit on on each of these topics? No, I think we pretty much covered that, but I would like to tell people to write us. Don't be afraid to write us. Go to our website, www.coptalk.info, and give us a question. We, we want to cover all kinds of topics, but we need questions. Just, you know, you can do it anonymous if you want. Just if you got a question about something, we'll answer it. We'll bring, you know, just write us. We'll bring it up. We'll answer it. If you want a shout out, tell us where you're from and we'll give you a shout out. But please send it. Go to our website. There's a form. You just click on the link. You email the question to and us and we'll cover it on the Copies of the book go to show. people on the questions that we use. Hey, Mark, yeah. give a shout out to Yamatunga. <laughs> you, you, sure that doesn't, you sure that doesn't mean something that we're going to get in trouble for? That's my where is that, Jim? <laughs> uh, Southern California. Oh, okay. That's Cucamonga. <laughs> That's right. It's a brother time. city. So, <laughs> so I. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess we're good for this week. You know, let's uh, next week, man. You know, I've been flipping through this book as we've been talking, and you know, I just hope when Mark does a residential uh, search on an alarm, the next time he's panicked by two. Uh, what kind of dogs were they? Mastiffs. Yeah, Mastiffs. Mark, don't go into somebody else's house with <laughs> one panty in your pocket, all right? You should leave that in your patrol car because when you get panicked and jump and it falls out, the homeowners are going to come home and they're going to say, who's this belong to? And it's going to come back to you and it's not going to look good. You're going to look like the guy in Porak. And, and that story we can save for next week. So, You know, Jim yes. just took... Jim just took all the highlights of the show and wrapped it up good. into like 10 seconds, huh? I wrapped <laughs> it up into one panty. <laughs> and that brings me up to some other stories about Jim, yeah, but we'll a, save that for the next show. That might be an yeah, entire that, series all to itself. We could start a whole other set of shows. Well, here's to, uh, we had another drowning last week in the Delta, and uh, two guys are out in a little aluminum boat, and uh, the thing's riveted together and held together with epoxy, and of course, they're both in full friggin' clothing and Harley uh, steel toe boots, and there were two little kids' life jackets in the boat, and the boat starts uh, busting apart and uh, taking on water and gets about half full. <laughs> and they Hello? don't start. Hey. They don't think about. Take a breath. Was take a breath, we, Jim. Take a breath. I had to get a sip. We call that. We call that a dramatic pause. What are you telling us? 
That was a dramatic pause. Yes. I was luring everyone in. But uh, so the boat's half full of water, and instead of putting the life jackets on, uh, they let the boat go under, and they decide they're going to try and swim 20 feet to shore. And one guy made it, and one guy didn't. And uh, it sucks when you drown in eight feet of water because you're wearing steel toe boots and because uh, you're riding in a boat that friggin' filled up with water and sank. But it's all about common sense and whether it's that or leaving your garage door open or leaving your car unlocked on the street or leaving your keys in it or leaving your laptop on the front seat. It's all about doing the right thing and using common sense. So please do the right thing and use common oh, so sense. Much. Oh, and by the way, Brent and Jim, yeah, no happy kidding. 10th anniversary. I, I can't believe we made it actually 10 episodes. Yeah, yeah it's episode 10. I thought right. anniversaries in, were years. In this business, it's shows. I tell you. I mean. <laughs> it does show. It shows. Oh, we better put a quit to this. Yeah, no kidding. That's, really for, the, that's for the post show. <laughs> anyway, hey, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Go to www.coptalk.info. Read about the book. Read about us. Order the book if you want. And send in a question. We need questions. We want to answer questions. And if you do send it in, you got a free book. That's a, what, $29.95 value. So send us a question. We use it on the air. And we'll send you a book. As a bonus, send Mark a dollar. He'll send you a panty. <laughs> and and on that note, we'll uh, we'll end uh, the show. We'll see everybody uh, next I week. I stole it from Jim. Oh uh, yeah, you know, we'll just this is where I'll fade it out with music. That's the that's the plan. That's good. Hey, everybody, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See ya.